Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime. Welcome, everyone. It is July the 13th. 2023, we are in the officially the dog days of summer. The baseball MLB All-Star game is behind us. So, but don't you worry. You may think there's nothing to talk about this time of year, but we have got you guys covered. We have some drama in some of the biggest sports arenas. We have the drama at ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. We have the drama in Northwestern and Kind of my favorite is the drama at West Virginia. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what everyone says about these things. Um, Again, I'm Robbie Davis. This is Reckless Speculation. Uh, We are coming to you. uh, Yeah, Michigan to Tennessee. Got some Ohio roots. I was just in Ohio for a wedding. And so that may be some of my final thoughts about Columbus, Ohio. But I won't won't, won't ruin the surprise. But anyways – uh, before we get started, guys, if you can, you know, drop down, like, subscribe on whatever podcast you're listening to us. We've got Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Reckless Speculation. We may even have a Threads coming up soon. We will see. Uh, we'll get Tom on that. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us and really like and subscribe. Um, we have, you know, about a month left until Football season starts to get into it, and so we are really looking forward to the fall, as I know the rest of you guys are. Um, so without further ado, uh, Tom, how are you, my man? Doing good. Doing good. Nice Thursday night. Uh, the calm before the storm here in, in Michigan. Got some big boomers coming our way for the next couple of days, so uh, yours truly will be uh landlocked we'll say uh no boating for me this weekend but uh how, how do the animals handle the storms oh lilo is crazy <laughs> uh even if she's now more so when she hears the hard rain she gets the anxiety starts to go i i just wonder if that's not a byproduct of her being uh out on the run for 16 days earlier this year she she made it through two uh Blizzard-like conditions, and we had a thunderstorm uh, in the middle of the winter. Uh, they call it thunder snow. Uh, but when she gets home, she hears rain, she freaks out. So she's a big baby. All I bark, think, no bite. I think honestly, if you just had like some kind of Twitter, social media of like dogs around the country, you'd be like, "Hey, my dog's freaked out down in mm-hmm. like southern Alabama." Oh, in Birmingham's free. Oh, there's a storm coming in Chattanooga. Like, we don't need weather people for this. We can just listen to <laughs> we you. We need dog, do dog people. Heads up. Uh, get your dog undercover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dog, like, I mean, it's called a weather dog. She knows when it's coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, on time again, I can't believe it. Raj, welcome. I thought you were going to say Brandon's on time, but uh, 
he's pulling a Raj and he's not even here. So no, uh, Brandon's on a, uh, a nice golf trip. This yeah, week, I, think, so. I think he's on hole 19, 20 or 21 at the moment. Yeah. There's, there's, he's yeah. On vacation. I, think, I think he was playing whistling straights this week. I mean, that guy, I mean, he might as well be a PGA golfer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know where he is every week. He's getting paid like one and he golfs yeah. a lot. So I guess he'd be a live golfer because nobody cares what he does on the course. He's just in warm weather and golfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we actually got a new dog too after our rosy girl passed away. Oh, nice. Um, I told my wife that I can't go with her to meet the rescue dog because I'm a firm believer. Number one, that I am a whisperer, but number two, with a rescue, if you are the first person to meet the dog, the dog is going to adore you. And um, our other, exactly, our other dog is kind of my girl. And while we didn't want to pick sides, this one is a tiny uh, Chihuahua-like dog, and my wife finally has the cuddles. She's been so desperately missing since our uh, little one stopped being four years old, even though she tried, and I'm not much of a cuddler. But... uh, even though I love her. Uh, yeah, that and uh, just listening to Wu-Tang, Protect Your Neck, which is uh, one of my favorite songs and something that uh, ESPN anchors. Yeah, the Wu is coming through. Should have listened to uh, Protect Your <laughs> Neck, although some of them didn't have a choice, like Neil Everett. I digress. Before we get to that segue, if anyone is listening in Chattanooga, there is a adorable dog named Ernie at McCamey right now. Oh, please, uh, someone go adopt him. Yeah. Two months old, beautiful. Um, but yes, now we'll get to Roger Segway. Um, yeah, so we are in the podcast sports world. We obviously don't, uh, maybe we one day hope to get picked up by ESPN, but there has been a rumbling a kind of a little bit of an earthquake at ESPN and there have been some serious layoffs of people that I was surprised by. Um, but one of the, one of the, before we get to the individual people, I want to go about what words were said. Um, the president of Disney said, and we, we were on Disney owns ABC ESPN, but uh president of disney said there are no sacred cows at espn meaning everyone can go Hmm. um tom what do you think about that statement i i I think it's very bold and i think it's a warning sign for anybody at espn uh that their job is on the line it doesn't matter and and we'll go we'll go over the list of uh, victims, we'll call it, uh, that that were let go. But it, it, it's it's the state of ESPN right now. I, I think with them losing the Big Ten to CBS and Peacock, I think that's a huge revenue drop for them. Uh, and they're preparing for it. And they have some uh, upcoming talent, we'll say, that will be joining the network uh, in the fall, I believe. That's going to garner a lot of money to pay them. Uh, so I think they're preparing the on-air talent that they have remaining uh, for possible uh, 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 
layoffs in the future, and and they still have continued, as we learned yesterday that Gene Wojciechowski, uh, the storied uh, 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 game day storyteller, we'll, we'll we'll call him, was let go, and that was rather shocking to me. So I think it's a it's a it's a warning sign, and and everybody better be prepared that uh, I don't see the end of these layoffs coming anytime soon. Yeah, and so Raj, I want to take that point and go to you. Gene wardjahowski has gone. David Pollock's gone. Um, that's two main people of college game day, which to me is at least 40% of their weekend show in the fall. I mean, obviously NFL a lot. Like, we'll take – for the sake of this conversation, let's take the NFL out of the equation. Like, it's its own animal – ESPN, though, it, it it has a lot of other content it has to support. I think College Game Day is one of its highest-rated non-sporting event shows that it has. That's two main pieces out of that. Were, were you surprised at that? And what do you think about this No Sacred Cow thing? Well, first of all, yeah, the Sacred Cow, uh, I would say that the idiom itself was blatant reference to Hinduism, uh, among other religions, there's Jewish references as well. Uh, I would say that's odd to state publicly. Uh, I am offended, actually. I'm really not, but um, it's just an odd choice of, of idioms, like I said. Uh, but Disney's not always the most PC company, and they get off on not being that way, um, which is like basically the norm at this point with them. Um, they think they're funny, but no, I'm, you know, Wojo, a Tennessee alum, right? Um, I, I think what you can say with ESPN is that a lot of these personalities have aged out and guys like Pollock are not, you, you know, they're not, um, what, what, I can't even think right now. I'm exhausted and have my beverage, but um, relevant. Jesus there's another, I was about to say Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, and now I'm offended. Everyone's offended. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, you sure you are. Sure you are. In homage. But um, yeah, they're not relevant anymore. Steve Young, Matt Hasselbeck, um, all these guys, Keyshawn, Jason Williams, they're not relevant anymore to the younger generation who is watching SportsCenter and whatnot. And I don't know if it's a bro stool effect. Um, you know, like where you got to be that guy like Van Pelt, but these guys aren't relevant anymore and they don't have the talent that say a Doris Burke does. Well, yeah. Hey, Tim, I, I saw your comment that you heard ESPN was up for sale today. I heard that Bob Eichert said that some Disney platforms are up for sale. Did he mention ESPN directly? Uh, if you know, please text. Cause I've always thought, uh, a lot of the ABC properties are going to be up for sale. ESPN, they may spin off. But I think Disney's still going to hold on to them. They spend a bunch of money on these live sports. And so, so that's a rumor, and it's kind of based upon, well, I mean, they're, well, they're well, saying well, today. It's based upon TV being a broken, question. you know, TV itself is a broken model, mm-hmm. right? Like daily live TV and is there a platform for, you know, a daily live show? I mean, people find their news in other places. Why can't they find sports via a cheap 
for media and medium. Well, and, yeah, and I think that's well, the, the point. Is, the point is because Disney owns it all right now. Disney yeah. owns the majority. So that, that's the idea. Disney owns all of essentially own the SEC right now, and so that's going to be kind of the what do they do with this platform? Like they lost a Big Ten, so this is really the, the arms race between Fox and ESPN is. They each own essentially AFC, NFC of NFL. And, and, and what's a lot of their high dollar guys, right? What the personality? Yeah. And, and seeing that they are the home of the SEC, so to speak, you cut an SEC guy in 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 Pollock, who who was really good in my my estimation. So I just I'm not really sure. Uh, the direction or, or why they did certain things. Susie Colber, she's a mainstay NFL. Uh, one of the original uh, that was uh, on the ESPN's coverage. They let her go. And, and it's just, I don't know. It, it, it It's not good news. Uh, Cause I did hear in the past that they were pillaging money. Uh, this was probably last year and they were in a lot of trouble. So maybe it's finally caught up to them and, and they don't have another choice. Because frankly, Fox Big Noon is really catching up to the the stature of Game Day, and I think they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, game Day earlier and earlier. You're yeah, right. They they made a lot of mistakes. Brought in people that they probably shouldn't. Keeping Lee Corso uh, about five years too long. That I, shark jumped a long time ago. Yeah, so I, I yeah, think that's I'll, a big I'll problem. Push back on that. I I, I know he's awkward to watch and there's things but man him putting the headgear on that just is college football when when he says fuck it on live tv you gotta love that though they kept him around for that reason but literally you can put it on i was gonna say a dog but you put it on mcafee like the poor guy and he's probably the only guy you can do that and he's paid homage and and i was gonna say no one else could could really do that per se but i don't think people would have an issue with mcafee because no. that's his personality. But, yeah, right. and, and I guess that does make sense. But Pollock, to me, doesn't have immense talent. I think he was a pretty face. And how many people today that love Georgia even know who he is? You know, these this bandwagon era. The guy played 20 True. years ago. You and know, he was, like, he was people great. don't even know. And, and, you know, he dropped weight. He was a monster defensive end. Oh. But, you, I mean, a bit, I mean, he's kind of a robot to me. He's a good-looking dude. But, like. He's a former player who I think has a grace period. Well, like well, all these, you, you, knew, you knew once McAfee came on, someone had to go. And, no, I, and, and the rumor is that Herb Street, if if they get rid of Corso, Herb Street's leaving too. Like they're like Herb Street thinks that Kurt Corso is his father figure, and he's like he. In Herb Street, they might, NFL, they might as well they might as well close up shop if they get rid of Herb Street because I, I mean I, I'm a Michigan guy, but I I think Kirk Herb Street is as good as it gets in in college football, and he's right. very unbiased. That's what I like about. All him. right, so okay, so wait, uh, so real quick, you didn't have Neil Everett up there, and that was the one that upset that, me. That one just happened. That one just happened. Yeah. Oh, it did. It um, just happened. I think yesterday or today. That really bummed me out. And, yeah, it's obviously that I have emotional attachments. He became an L.A. guy. He he and Stan uh, Verrett started ESPN Los Angeles, the second biggest media market, which basically debuted as a primetime-esque ESPN Sports Center show for the West Coast. 
And uh, they were the, one of the longest running duos uh, in ESPN history since 2009. And Neil Everett became Southern California to me. He was kicked back. He's a deadhead. I love the dude. Dry sense of humor. Clooney-esque. You know, like him getting canned sucks. Look for to him me, on a podcast. You know, and, and he's one of the highest paid dudes. I get it. And very similar to Kenny Mayne, he's too classy to to acknowledge. He, he said there were similar uh, similarities in what I read. Kenny Mayne was offered a 61% reduction in salary and 14% less airtime to stay with ESPN. And Neil Everett did something similar two years ago, and they still cut him. I guess ratings weren't the same. Um, but, yeah, man, that one hurt, and that one sucked. And – I guess that's why I was shocked. I didn't know that I guess it just happened, but he is ESPN Los Angeles. And, and I mean, he starts the, that one really was like an identity crisis for me. I swear. That's so, so, uh, so we've seen some big talent go. So uh, who left? Do you guys think, I mean, cause we all grew up wherever you, if you grew up watching sports, you grew up watching ESPN. So who's who do you think's the most untouchable left? And just real quick, uh, Tom, who do you think? Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Berman still has rights to do what he wants when he or wants. Van right? Van uh, Van, uh, Pelt. Van, Pelt. Van, P- Van Pelt. Chris, I think one uh, thing about uh, Van Pelt is up there too. He's he's very broski, you know, bro stools, what I call it, and other people call it. But he's also about to be 50-something, right? You can only do that for so long, um, says the guy with the flat bill and the buttoned-up collared Orange County shirt. But, um, yeah, I, I would go with Fowler just because talent is talent. And Van Pelda's references and other guys, they get aged out. Um, but, you know, it's like Doris Burke, like I said, former player who was the Kurt Gowdy recipient Uh from the basketball hall of fame when it comes to hall of fame announcers, just a it's ability that still shines when it comes down to it. I like Susie Culver, but you know, she was a smile to me, a cheery face. I, I don't think of journalistic integrity, not that she didn't have integrity when I think of her though. Um, you know, same with, like I said, Pollock, uh, talent and ability still means something, which is nice to know to me. Um, Y'all won't be shot. I mean, I think the well, I think the most untouchable show, PTI, obviously, the, the, that that dynamic that that's a show that leads the Sports Center for a reason to get him in the Sports Center. I think the talent though uh, is one of two people, uh, Greeny, who seems to just have. Like, I don't I don't necessarily like him that much, but he has talent to to. Uh, Reese Davis, I've seen him live on game day uh, in Thompson Bowling Arena. No notes. He's phenomenal as far as working a crowd. He's got super talent. I, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who the number one football game day now too. Oh, Reese Davis is not Fowler's not doing it. I think Fowler's done with game day. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't um, do. It. I think he does it on like huge, like number one versus number two. But otherwise, yeah, Reese Davis really. He starts it off at least at 6 a.m. or whatever the hell it is. Uh, to me, the most untouchable hasn't even started his show with the, the company yet, and it's, it's Pat McAfee. 
He's he is untouchable. Uh, he demanded that they broadcast the show on YouTube, and they kind of allowed for it. So, um, I the think he is the one, and I believe he is a, a big reason as to why a lot of these layoffs are coming because the dollar signs that I've that I've heard that he's getting. I mean, FanDuel was dishing out the cash for him, and for them to outbid FanDuel, um, yeah, they they had to clear some space. Um, Justin Pollock and spot on, man. Uh, Jalen Rose, he just brought up. I love that dude, man. He was hilarious and yep. super bright guy. TNT is salivating probably, over that. I mean, absolutely. Probably aged out from people not knowing who he was or is, rather. He's, he's still alive, thank God. And real people quick. Saw that. Did you ever see that show that – when ESPN tried sketch comedy, which is actually that segment with the bit with Kobe was unbelievable, dude. Like I was, I'm still cracking up over that. It was just ESPN uh, not staying in their lane, but yeah, dude, Jalen Rose is, is everything like you know, funny, obviously knows the game played it. He's got the cred and letting him go. I think it's just a matter, like you said, of, of knowing they couldn't afford him for much longer. He's going to go to TNT, but I think within the next five years, you're going to see him backing off of sports. He's got a very, very good school that he runs, the Jalen Rose Academy in Detroit. And there are grumblings that he may run for uh, mayor of the city of Detroit. Uh, He's got a lot of clout here. So I think you're going to start to see within five years him start to kind of shift his, his, uh, his, uh, business plan elsewhere and 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 he loves the city he represents it very well and i i would love to see that happen his yeah, future yeah. is extremely bright much like the city of detroit despite yeah. the weather all right so let's go from one not necessarily a train wreck at espn uh but at least some reshuffling to what appears to be a train wreck at northwestern you have uh, the most successful coach in Northwestern history, probably the face of Northwestern sports. Um, yeah. Kind of not, I mean, not, not, it was happening a little bit over the summer. There were some rumblings. He was suspended for two weeks. Then they, uh, the journal, the in-house, the school journalism paper broke the story, broke it open uh, which, uh, if anyone knows, follows journalism. The Northwestern School of Journalism is one of the top ones in the country, if not the it's top. Where Mike, Mike top Greenberg top. went to school. Yeah, <laughs> Greenberg, Wilbon, um, a bunch of the peeps, sports writers you see went there. Um, and then they busted open. Now Fitzgerald's fired. Um, one, I guess, what do y'all make of this? Um, and for it had to be, in my opinion, well, the, preface it, these are all allegations, right? We don't have, we're, we're, we are, everything we say is based on allegations of what we know. We don't have any facts, just allegations. Uh, it, I think it must be bad for them to move to fire him. And so, uh, Raj, what do you think about this happening and how good of a job is this? Well, 
Dick Hanley from 1927 to 1934 was technically the most successful Northwestern coach with a 576 winning percentage uh, compared to Pat Fitzgerald's uh, 521. But... Um, when I asked what you thought of this, I didn't care about the 19. <laughs> I remember the first part. I cheated on the second. I think it's kind of a sign of the times. Now, Northwestern, for those that don't know, is the only private school in the Big Ten. They kind of, like, use that to their advantage in the sense, like, ah, we don't care about football. Screw it. We're smart. We're private, uh, except when we're good, which is occasional. Uh, you know, for decades, though, they didn't, you know, Eric Parsegian, before he went to Notre Dame, uh, some people will know him from Rudy fame. The others would know him from putting Notre Dame on the map with national championships. Not on the map, but you know what I mean. Um, who left because Northwestern didn't dedicate and allocate resources or financial and otherwise. They've never done that. It's been a stepping stone school. Um, prior to Fitzgerald, they did one former player, I believe. Uh, as a coach, Rick Venturi, the uh, late 70s, he went 131 and 1. Fitzgerald, though, won initially. Um, for those that don't know, he was a Cinderella. He's a darling of the school. Uh, All American middle linebacker for the 90s. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Like, we. <laughs> another thing, dude, is that's my boy Omar, who actually went to Berkeley. You can tell by the beard and everything and the uh the the fact that he smoked weed and did a lot he's still alive uh, love that guy uh but anyways we were on uh row aa we're like sweet man it must be the great seats we were literally touching the field we could see like the first three yards everything else was just like eight foot tall dudes but anyways that northwestern team was number three in the country and um you know fitzgerald was the leader of that team and he, again, Northwestern darling. They beat Michigan two years in a row, unfortunately, as Tom knows. Back-to-back -back Big Ten champions. And um, like I said, they've never done that. Um, by the way, number three, Northwestern was an underdog to number 17, USC, and they lost in that Rose Bowl. But uh, Keyshawn went off. We just got fired. Anyways, my original point is he's a former player, right? And one former player got bitter and came out at the number one journalism school in the country. So you're not going to withstand that, especially when you've lost two years. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. And I probably should have just started with that, but being Indian, I have to justify my, my race and position statistically. But, um, <laughs> you know, is this any, again, it goes to the age old, like, Locker room shit should stay within the locker room, right? It only comes out when one guy gets bitter or when you lose two years in a row and both of this stuff happened. So suddenly everybody chimes in that didn't care before, right? Like, I'm not going to call this woke because I think that's a clever yet stupid term. But no, nobody cared when about Northwestern football before this. So... Essentially, what happened was they called it Shrekking or the Shrek list, kind of like a run list or something else. But you essentially got humped by other dudes, which sounds uh, not extremely heterosexual, if you will. 
but um, many people call it skull fucking, excuse the term. <laughs> and that's essentially what it was. It was like a meant to be a joke and not meant to be public. And that's really what happened and why one guy went public and then another verified out of the 3,000 players that Fitzgerald uh, coached begs the question, right? Like, but suddenly we take those players' words. Um, yeah, I'm going to push back. This wasn't a situation where Northwestern was looking for a reason to fire the guy. Are they you sure? Were, yeah, I'm sure. Because they, they still have wealthy uh, boosters and well, whatnot. You don't, his sus- last two you, years don't, you, don't suspend, you don't suspend a guy for two weeks for the same allegations if you don't want to fire him. But why is the rest of the coaching staff still retained? Well, I think that's for – so that's going to be race judicata, right? So they're going to try to win the lawsuit that Fitzgerald's going to file. Then if they, Northwestern wins that, fire the rest of them. It's already been – because you don't want to litigate 45 lawsuits. You want to litigate the main one. Then when, if you win that one – You start with you, the head of the then snake. Then you fire the rest of them and then – Hey, this now is who's the nerd, you know, using Latin over there? Like, <laughs> is it coincidence, though, that it came after a 1-11 in season? Mm. Wait, Why wait, wait, now? Wait. See, I, I, don't, I don't, like, again, you don't suspend him for two weeks and then fire him a week after that, I don't think. Why not? Well, if you, you have, have, like, protocol, isn't that a good way to do it? Well, no, no, you, because, no, no, because in court – what you're going to have to prove, what did you find out in these next two weeks that changed your opinion? But they're private. They don't have to prove anything. No, no. you, st- you st- no, no. This it's may a- be a little bit of public. No, I agree what you're saying. No, it's not, it's not, it's not, not a public. It, it, it's a contract issue. So contract, he has a six-year, eight-year contract. They're trying to fire him for cause. So when you suspend him, there is no cause to fire him. What did you find out that changed to make it become for cause, or else you owe him all that money. Yeah, you know, you're go ahead. Tom, well, sorry. It, it to me, it was when what was it on because the president Tuesday, knew all this. Tuesday, Tuesday, all- two more players came out allegedly, uh, and kind of reaffirmed what the, the school had already heard. And yeah. The school had said they were going to think about changing the punishment, and then two hours later they fired him outright. So uh, to me, it sounds like there was a a situation where other players – once one came out, uh, more came out, and they just – to get ahead of it. Uh, And let's not – Let's not forget Northwestern's not not only dealing with this football situation, baseball. they're dealing with the baseball situation too, and they just fired their baseball coach today for the similar situation. Joe, the the that whole sports department, athletic department is is in yeah. shambles. But so so from from a, from a Northwestern legal department, if a student comes a player student comes to you and says, "Hey, um, this is what I saw. Forty five students were doing this." That, I'm telling you, this is you're on notice, and they say, "Oh, two weeks suspension." Well, just because more people give them notice doesn't change the notice. They were on notice, so they had they have they by them suspending him. They said it's not for cause. 
This is a punishment. Now to fire him, they're in a, they're in a pickle. Their lawyers are going to come up and be like, explain to me how this is different. Well, could you like, by the way, uh, Tim and Rich Jasper were talking about uh, Heartline and Cocho and others rhetorically because Northwestern would never pay those guys, but they're cracking us up um, as well as easy speak. But uh, could you define for cause legally? What does for cause look like? Thank you. I mean, full cause is atten- intentionally breaking whatever. Like, so, so if you, so like Jeremy Pruitt, for instance, he and his wife allegedly gave players McDonald's bags with cash, which so only no, came out after you guys started to suck again. Knowingly breaking the rules, so Tennessee fired him for cause for breaking the rules. So okay, so 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 as soon as they found it out, there was no suspension. Found it out, fired for call. But you said knowingly, like so with Fitzgerald. No, no, breaking to, the rule. But I, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, what is what is for cause relative to the Fitzgerald situation? What what does? So if let's let's take it for it. Let's take let's say, all right. So I put, you know. There's certain things in my contract that I cannot do. I cannot break the NCAA rules. I cannot have inappropriate relations with staff members, a la Bobby Petrino. I cannot uh, pay for players' tattoos, a la Jim Tressel. Those things will get you fired for calls. Like you cannot, there's certain things you cannot do. You cannot have players haze other players, allegedly. And so, but football, but that only happens at Northwestern. But 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 once the employer says that's not a four calls fire and that's a suspension, then that changes the narrative. Then you can't go back and fire him for the same reason and then say it's for calls for violating the contract because you've already said it's not. And this brought up there are degrees of that. And now they're basically stating that they know that there's a, a more all, all the all the plaintiff in this fa- in this case, which would be Fitzpatrick, has to prove you had the same information when you suspended me. Yeah, and and Rich Bright brings up a good point. They claim that he didn't know anything about it, but then they rescind the, the suspension and fire him. I, I I feel like Fitzgerald has a great case. Yeah, in I this situation, see. and and it Northwestern's kind of looking like they may have uh, jumped the gun a little bit too soon. Yeah, no, I, I think there was public pressure. They just fired him on or suspended him on Friday. Fired him on Monday or Tuesday or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday. And this, this this was a new president first summer on the job. I think he just walked into a bad situation. But I mean, look at the end of the day, it's Northwestern. <laughs> They can, what if it's 60 million, 70 million, eight, whatever it is, they can pay it and move oh, yeah. on. Uh, uh, t- Tim, just so you know, right? They're going to just, just so you know, Tim, uh, our resident Buckeye fan is uh, on the oh, uh, 36th State, hole right now. Uh, Ohio uh, State fans are so sensitive. I make one, <laughs> I make one tattoo reference. They're all, they're all blowing up. Uh, 
Tim Tim is our new hey, member of the Easy hey, Speak. He's a Buckeye hey, fan. So Tim, I, I don't know how. I started off with the Tennessee McDonald's cash bags. I threw us <laughs> under the bus first before make, getting to uh, – Well, hopefully they took the cheeseburgers did, out and I had did, them. Well, I mean, if, to be fair, I can be all-inclusive and add uh, USC giving Reggie Bush a house and – Rentals, car, Porsches. Whoa, 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 whoa! That was his stepfather, and yeah. it was rent. They didn't give it to him. People do say, like, why did Reggie Bush not care about the NFL because he took a pay cut? Which yeah. I think is Blake Corum. <laughs> All right, so, so okay, okay, so, so, so uh, we've gotten all these topics. So, uh, yes, no, and maybe two cents is why. Raj, I'm starting with you. Northwestern and Urban Meyer. Yes, no, why? No, uh, unless he wants to redeem his image, but they would never pay the guy. They don't give a shit about football. And how do you fire a guy for hazing when then you bring in a, a, a arguably more controversial individual? Um, then again, like I said, when it comes to image uh, reinstatement, if you will, no better place than Northwestern. It's a You can't lose there. Tom, Tom, Urban Meyer, yes, no, why? Absolutely no with uh, uh, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. They were known as a classy school. I think maybe some chips have have fallen the last week. But I still think they're going to operate in the manner that they have for the, you know, so uh, how many hundreds of years they've been around. Uh, he, He comes with a lot of baggage and controversy. And Northwestern's going to want to try and rid themselves from as much controversy as they can. And I think if they go after Urban Meyer, uh, that's so. So I just want I just want to make sure I understand this. You're Northwestern. Urban Meyer contacts you and says, "I'll come coach your school for whatever the amount of dollars." You're saying no. I think Northwestern will bring him in for an interview and kind of see where his head's at. But like we talked in our meeting on Monday, the Netflix documentary of Urban Meyer comes out at the end of this month. uh, And I think that's going to come with a lot of uh, uh, question marks, we'll say, with him. Um, So I I don't think they're going to want to go down that route. Uh, Yeah, like – I want to agree with you, and I do, and I and I, I I morally agree with you. But at the same time, if I'm sitting there, in my opinion, the third, third, maybe second best college football coach of all time wants to come I to mean, North freaking Western to coach. I, I, I JP's right. I mean, he's got a cush job. He's got to show up two days a week, but I. Is Urban Meyer a great coach? Absolutely. Is Urban Meyer one of the biggest trash bags to ever uh, stand on a sideline? Hundred yeah. percent. He he makes Jim Tressel look like a a schoolboy or, or or a churchgoer. So there, I, look, I just don't see that happening. Look, uh, and JP is right. John Gruden was making what ten million at ESPN. He still wanted to go coach. Like coaches want to coach. Like you know. Especially people that level, I, I, I'd be. I guess I just want it to happen. But well, I mean, oh. well, okay. So 
and who comes out today or yesterday that says I'd be interesting? Ed go Ogen. Joe. Oh, go, yeah. go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Yes. So, I mean, there's another trash bag. So, I mean, it, I think there's dark times ahead for the Northwestern football program because I, I really don't see them uh, going that route personally. Well, I mean, they, I they're, mean if, they're going to have all this Big Ten money. They got big donors. They're going to spend money. But if is, it, are they going to just kind of retreat into this? Hey, we're going to go back to this good guy. Which I mean, that's the image they had to all this. Blue ask rock. Stanford when David Shaw left. I mean, it's there's a school that's very comparable to Northwestern, where uh, academics mean something. So uh, it's going to be tough for him. It's going to be really tough for him. Um, all right, from one fiasco to the other. Um, West Virginia, this one is this one is just more sad to me than uh, the Fitzgerald and the other kind of self-destructive natures. Um, every one of us that's listening into this show, um, and probably everyone just in general has someone or know someone in their life or one or two degrees of separation that knows people that have substance abuse problems. And this is a guy who did a really stupid thing and then another stupid thing and another stupid thing. Um, and so we're not, not going to really talk about that so much. Uh, I don't think we have time. But I just want to talk about this contract thing. Uh, I'll give you my – well, Raj can give you his opinion as, a, as an attorney. Uh, and then uh, – Let's start with Raj, then we'll go to Tom, and then I'll, I'll kind of give you my follow-up. Raj, what do you make of all this? Like, I guess, well, one, obviously, he messed up really badly, and he's, uh, well, oddly enough, though, let me back up. Oddly enough, so we don't have this in Tennessee, and most states don't. Even for this punishment, I think he's eligible for a pretrial diversion, which will keep it off of his record, which is uh, – kind of rare in this day and age um so he may go without a conviction um raj what do you think about this 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 whole fake alleged fake or this alleged or this this resignation and alleged fake resignation this where we stand and and these i don't know if you've seen these attorney letters back and forth but it's kind of comical it really is and um i don't even think this i don't know West Virginia acts like they're just meeting Bob Huggins. Like <laughs> the guy didn't resign and he says he did. I, what is it? What the fuck do they think? Are they like, he's just gonna be like, Oh yeah, I resigned. No, no, you did resign. No, 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 I didn't. Like, you know, it's going to become a bigger shit show. And I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Cause this is a very serious matter, but you could say that he's playing the rehab card, right? Like, so conviction doesn't matter at that point when it comes to the court of public opinion, acknowledging the issue and the problem, which I mean, must be. Yeah. No judgment here. This podcast in the last, well, yeah, of course we don't, we don't don't pass driving, but we do support drinking powered by Jack. Absolutely. They don't necessarily believe in that, but we're just, Drinking Jack while we're talking. Point two and oh, holy shit. And I think everyone that has had a beverage has had a similar 
yeah, drink Jack, don't drive. Um, I think we've all, uh, personally speaking, I think everyone has had a, a, a warning, you know, in life and, and you, you need to learn from it if you, if you can, because um, buzz driving is drunk driving. Being said, and the guy had a .210 as somebody that went to law school at the University of Cincinnati, there certainly was an image and aura of him being untouchable. And this being his alma mater um, and Huggins, Huggy Bear is that guy. You know, he is a bully. He looks like a bull. Um, you know, I can certainly see him. Let's just say this wasn't the first time this happened, in my opinion. Well, and he, he, and just for to people that don't know, this has been a history so much that West Virginia employs a private driver for Bob Huggins twenty four seven. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, so so he has a driver whenever he wants it, wherever he wants to go. Which again, I mean, this was historically a backward state. <laughs> Sorry, West Virginia. Um, had family in Huntington near Marshall, by the way, but, uh, yeah, I, I just can't believe they're stating like he resigned. No, I didn't. It's, it's a, he said, he, she said, but it's like a playground version. I don't, I don't fucking get it, man. I, I really don't get it. Well, well, and Tom, I'll, I'll walk you through kind of what I know the situation essentially his longtime attorneys sent in a resignation letter. His wife emailed from her account that he is resigning. He met with the player, said he'll no longer be coaching the basketball team. Uh, about three or four days later, a different attorney sent in a letter saying all those res resignations are void because according to the contract, any kind of re resignation had to be, and this I'm paraphrasing, uh, written in writing, signed by him in a certified mail kind of letter to athletic director, something of those kind of terms. And he's saying, I didn't comply with those terms of the contract. Thus, I cannot have effectively resigned should be a public declaration really. And none of us knew about his family. I know you're asking Tom, yeah. but uh, none of us knew about this family stuff. And, you know, until it became an issue, yeah. like yeah. Huggins needs to get on TV and say it, but Tom will have a more insightful direct perspective. Sorry, Tom. I, I personally, I, I think this is a money grab. I think he's looking for an opportunity to cash in what, what's left of his contract. Uh, threatening to sue kind of forcing West Virginia's hand. There's no way they bring him back. You want to talk about a trash bag coach. I think that seems to be the, 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 the temperature of the last segment in this one. Uh, this guy also went on the radio a few months ago and made a, 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 a gay slur uh, on live radio. And not to mention the, the DJs kind of hammed it up with him uh, after he said it, but um so this guy's bad for everything. He's bad for West Virginia. Uh, he's bad for college basketball, and and he's he's a crook in my estimation. That he's he's trying to uh, make it out as like he's the victim, and, and he's not the victim. Point two something. I mean, you're you're three, four 
Rose uh, backstage at a Leonard Skinner concert. JP will know what I'm talking about. Um, you have no business being anywhere near these kids. I would I would vomit if you walked into my uh, living room uh, trying to recruit my my son. I just I think he's just he's old school. He's bad, and they need to move on from him. And West Virginia, as much as they they would love to bring him back, they know they can't. So this is just this is just uh, Bob Huggins playing the victim card here, uh, saying that he didn't resign when he did, and he wants money. And West Virginia is probably uh, going to end up giving it to him. Yeah, and so I want to be careful to to compare two things without comparing the behavior. Um, as as most of you know, I was at uh, Indiana right after Bobby and I got fired. Bobby and I got fired for um, his. Did he choke a kid? Did he grab a kid? He, no, he you know he got fired for. He actually got fired for uh, he was walking past the student and a student said, what's up, Knight? And he Bobby Knight grabbed the guy, the kid by the elbow and just kind of jerked him up and said, you'll call me Coach Knight or Mr. Knight. You have to talk to me with respect hmm. and then let him go. But it was the straw that broke the camel's back because yeah. Bobby, Bobby Knight, yeah, he did choke a player. He threw he a chair. Was, yeah, he was he was aggressive. <laughs> Um, but there was that love affair that Indiana, and still to this day, oh yeah, you oh, go yeah. to Indiana, it's still Bobby Knight. Well, he and died now, a martyr for you know, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Uh, and and Bobby Knight sued Indiana, and and Bobby Knight didn't go back to Indiana for you know thirty years until he been. But there, it's a Huggy Huggy Bear's not that. Necessarily on that stage, he didn't win as much as Bobby and I did, but he he's there. I mean, he's up there for West Virginia, you know, sports, and this is going to end badly. And and it is a money grab because, yeah, you your lawyers talk for you, and when they tender your resignation, that's the official resignation. You can try to get on these technicalities; they're going to fight through it from court. Lawyers going to get paid uh, eventually. Huggy will get something to go away and just shut up and just mm-hmm. just move on. Yep. Um, all right, boys. We, all right, we got um, some topics to touch on before we leave. Um, MLB All Star Game was this weekend. Um, I, I hated the jerseys, hated the hats, hated everything about. They need to go back to wearing their original jerseys. Uh, that's my opinion. But what we saw was the hats were awesome, dude. The gray ones were those just the, pregame? I can't remember. The helmets were terrible. The hats were cool. Were awful. Yeah, the helmet, the, LA, the oh, Dodger oh, gray one was slick, man. I I, uh, I thought that was awesome. But I don't remember the in-game hats. That may have been the, the helmets. They were the same. That was. They were the same. Wrong. I guess. I guess. I was, I was, the helmets were terrible, and the uniforms were terrible. But yeah. So we were talking on our pre-show meeting about MLB and diversity. Um, and the statistics we looked up in 1991, there was 23% minorities. And then on 2023, we're down to 6.1%. So I guess the question is, 
what gives, Raj? What do you think's going on that that's draw as 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 us in a country becomes more diverse and minorities grow? Why is baseball shrinking? And that's a that's a huge shrinkage number. It, it certainly, and this was posed on Twitter. It the the word displaced was used, but I, I would say it's been diluted by Central and South American participation. And really, you know, it's much easier when it comes to establishing quote academies and whatnot. The Dodgers were the first to do so in Latin uh, countries, if you will, and um, Latino rather, and uh, Latin being the same, but politically and governmentally, you know, it's encouraged and um, it, it's such an avenue. And when it comes to America and inner cities and, and RBI, uh, it's very different. You know, RBI is reviving baseball in inner cities and, and the stated goals are academic and teamwork. It, it's not to put people in Major League Baseball, which initially I believe it was. Um, the bottom line is we can go on and on, especially me. Uh, I think baseball has a marketing issue um, when it comes to African-Americans in in baseball. But, you know, there are no fields in Compton. And you, you have countless fields in, in the DR. And um, it, it's just – it goes back to the 70s and 80s. Like I said, it's a topic we'll go into on another day. But MLB had a chance – Equipment, et cetera, in baseball, it costs money. And it's not a sport that everyone can play this day and age, which is sad. Yeah. All right, Tom, I'm about to – this is this is going to be a surprise question because I just thought about it uh, while I was reading these stats and just thinking about what I read over the weekend about the NBA. Um, is the MLB the next target for the Saudis? It, can they come and say, because I know Lookouts players, they get paid trash. And can oh, you take yeah. single A, double A, triple A players? And can you say, hey, we'll scoop you guys up. We'll we'll pay you more. And we will compete. I mean, of all the sports leagues, that's got to be the most vulnerable right now, right? Well, I th- that's a tough one because there's still – uh, attached to a major league team. And I don't, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I don't see the Saudis going after team sports. Uh, the latest that I have heard, they're going after tennis. Well, you heard so, what a- Adam Silver said over the weekend, didn't you? No. So Adam Silver said the Saudis are starting to invest in the NBA teams. We've capped it at, I think it's 5 or 10%. So they're aware of they're coming in, and so they've capped any kind of ownership at five. I think it's either five or ten percent of a team. I, I maybe maybe team ownerships yeah. uh, to that maybe to that level, and then the owner can turn around and say, "Hey, you can fund our minor leagues development." I, I just I I think that's a lot yeah, of. This was a loaded question. We haven't talked about this. I I just. It came to my mind as we were talking. I was like, um, "Oh, so Saudi, so Tim's saying he heard the same thing." Uh, it, 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 if you're going to take over a sport, or if you're going to, if you're going to challenge a sport, 
I agree, Bob. One that can do it, that you yeah. can do. I agree, hundred percent, Dad. Uh, I I think they're in it. I agree it's, too, it's, Dad. It's yeah, uh, it's it's dirty and not to get too political, but we all know what happened on nine eleven and who funded it. So, and with uh, Jamal Khashoggi in recently in the last few years, who was murdered and who funded that. That's who's involved yeah. with this money, yeah, and, we're, and we're, I don't want it anywhere in my sports. Yeah, we're all ironically enough. Kind of thing we don't want them. We don't. We don't anywhere in sports. I'm not advocating this. That they should do it. I'm saying that I'm just fearful that this could be an avenue that they could do. Ironically enough, though, the, the world, like globally speaking, the biggest media like conglomerates when it comes to sports are baseball based. Liberty Media owns the Braves. Um, you know, they, they get into F1, you know, these global sports, Fenway Sports Group, they they own what, Liverpool or whatnot. You know, they yeah. you see Americans going and owning soccer franchises, uh, excuse me, football, if you're British and watching, which I know Foot. a family member that is, food. Um, but yeah, I guess that's just American money and that ability to expand. And maybe the Saudis are late. On, on the sports, uh, on the sports tip, if you will, in terms of when it comes to investments, but it's it, it isn't like an absolute other than Stan Kroenke, like you know, two of the top five global sports enterprises are baseball based, and the irony is is really overwhelming now that I think about it. I, I think I think if if they open the door to the Saudis, I think it's going to curtail the progress that we've seen in baseball. And I, I just look at all the heat that the PGA has taken and still uh, taking. Uh, I, I watched it on the news today. They're, they're, the last couple of days, they're still uh, going after the PGA for kind of selling their souls. So I, Bate, Manfred doesn't want that. Well, well no, no. Right? Like, but, they they can't touch Tom, franchises Tom, legally. Tom, back. But golf PGA, doesn't have protectives. Yeah, well, no, right. Tom, Tom, the PGA didn't want that. The PGA suffered that. Like, oh, sure. Saudi came in and took it. And that, but that, it, it's an issue of talent. You have independent contractors versus franchises. Right. You know, yeah. other other leagues, USFL and whatnot, whatnot, you know, you the Saudis would essentially in, in, in the four major sports have to establish a separate league and pay billions and establish infrastructures like minor league systems. You, you know, like college football, which is essentially a minor league feeder to football. And, and that's not going to happen. You know, golf was ripe for the for the taking, if you will. And um, so in that sense, I don't see anything else being, you, you know, subject to acquisition unless it's on a league basis. Could they buy the whole league? Hell yeah, they could. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean they're looking for something, right? So they're looking for it. And yeah, like you take, like, let's say you, let's, Let's say you say you bought you're the Saudis, you buy so and so, whatever team you buy, you buy the whole triple A team. Shohei Tani's coming up free agency. Well, they can give him a billion dollars a year. That- yeah, I mean that that everybody but you you get involved with that, you might as well every other MLB team might as well just fold because you you're not gonna compete. No, no, if no, you're throwing no, a billion no. dollars well, at no, Shohei Otani. What do, it's the same they do with golf. They will just merge. They have to merge. You don't have to. That, that's what they want. It Pay works in that. Merge. It works in that situation, like Raj said, because 
Each golfer, in a sense, is an independent contractor. They are their own franchise. So they can do that. They offer the more financial gain doing it that way. But to come in and, and, and try to get full ownership or of an entire organization? Well, it, would, it, would, it would be interesting. And this is, this is something that, that this, during the dog days of summer, I, we, maybe we'll look at this. It would be interesting. What if a player breaches the contract and says – because, like, so, for instance, uh, uh, Tom, you'll remember, Barry Sanders said, I'm not playing. I'm retiring. I'm not playing for the Lions anymore. Ten years. Well, so, uh, and so he couldn't go to any NFL team, but his nope. contract's not written to where he can't play for an overseas team. No. I mean, he couldn't play and, for any team in the NFL. Right. So, so you could you could essentially say, hey, I'm coming in this $30 billion league. I'm – Blowing every one of you break your contracts. Your contracts mm-hmm. just say you can't compete with the NFL. You can all come over here and play. Robbie loves loopholes. All attorney, good attorneys, good attorneys do. Theoretically, I, yes, I do, he, could, I do love but, a lot. I mean, he doesn't. He does. He, you know, obviously, he's not going to want to play. Nor would anybody watch Barry Sanders. I mean, just using his as an example was a video game esque, tech mobile esque in the NFL. Uh, imagine watching him somewhere else. Well, then again, maybe I would watch, but he would get bored. But um, no, I mean, your point remains. And and yeah, um, there's nothing stopping them per se uh, enticing a player. But is is that sustainable? No. I mean, but Raj is correct. I have a whiteboard in my office where I just see like, what, how can you get out of this situation? How is this? How can this contract be beat? How can we get out of this thing? You think that way when it comes to life. And <laughs> poor Allison, ironically, probably thinks the same. All right, boys, let's go how. to we, we've committed this summer to our misunderstood topic. Um, of course, we got to skip NASCAR again, you bastards. Um, but so misunderstood's a little bit about what we feel in life is just kind of things that guys don't talk about. Uh, guys try to be tough. Guys try to be, you if know, you're mad enough to be vulnerable. Uh, you just kind of, uh, you just do it. So, and especially in these last, gosh, three years now, we're three years, we're almost four years in the COVID. We've all had. Our careers kind of upended. Things change. We've had to adapt and things like that. Uh, so what we want to talk about is kind of career stuff and, you know, hitting a wall in your career and how do you handle that? And uh, is it okay to just get to a point and be happy or be satisfied or happy, happy, satisfied, or do you always have to keep going more? What do you do when you hit that wall at work? Um, Raj, I'll start with you. Wow. I mean, when I saw that topic, that's – yeah. I'm. You know, for those that don't know, I left law and I'm in medical sales. And sales is the essence of that. You get out of it what you put into it. And, you know, after 15 years and, and sometimes it's just like everyone else, right? It's the same thing. And um, there are different factors that affect motivation, whether it be leadership or otherwise. 
sometimes just financially motivated other times, you know, the irony for us is like when you're doing well, it's more motivating and you're not, it's kind of depressing um, literally and figuratively. So it, it's something that I think about right now. And I'm curious to hear you guys and your thoughts. I'm certainly willing to discuss if anybody ever wants to talk about it. Um, that's my way of saying if, if I had an answer, then I would it state as much, but I don't. And it, I'd absolutely, uh, absolutely discuss it. Tom? Well, I think for me, um, it all depends on what stage you are in life. If you're young and hungry, you want to go after that money, then you kind of you keep pushing through some of the some of the battles that that you might be facing, some of the some of the issues at work. Maybe uh, your boss talks to you disrespectfully, and or you've made some mistakes or whatever the situation is. But you're 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 kind of driven by that dollar, and I think for my situation, I spent almost 25 years in the steel industry and I worked with JP for many years. Um, that was the case with me. It was, it was the, the ability to make as much money as I could. Like you said, you get out what you put in. It was hours, 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 but I wasn't experiencing life outside of the walls of the steel plant. So it became almost like a nuisance to me. So you get in to a situation. Uh, I've had a couple of failed marriages. I get into a situation where I'm with somebody that that is nothing like what I've experienced in life thus far. Now my priorities change. Uh, I have the house. I have the car. Um, but I don't have me. I don't have, you know, what makes me happy. So I start questioning. Go ahead. And I'm, I'm asking you in, in for many and friends of mine have stated this is, is there truth in settling and the consistency of that, that like, if you settle for, you, you know, your position and state there and, and literally settle and perhaps do the same with marriage. Mm -hmm. Do you just kind of think, for a lot of faces in life is, is it sort of a pervasive behavior that like, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I guess this is, it is what it is the best I can do. You, you know, is, is that something that, that can translate between like parts of your life? Comfort. That is the word I will use. It, it you become comfortable uh, with the daily issue. You're used to, you know what you have to do day in and day out. You know what to expect. There's no surprises. So people get kind of the people, same. People get um, complacent. And regional as yes. well, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, for my situation, COVID was kind of a, an awakening. Uh, it made me realize what it's like to, to have somebody that, A, cared about me, B, supported me, was my teammate, and C, I got to experience what, what life outside of those walls were. So um, having that support that Christina gave me, she pushed me for eight months. Don't get me wrong. She pushed me for eight months in my pride, which we'll talk about in another segment uh, down the road. Pride got in the way with me. Once I was able to swallow my pride, because I looked at it as 
well, I make this much money and, and, and I'm providing, but once I realized that she was willing to step up and be the provider and I swallowed my pride and I realized that this wasn't good for my health, it was an easy decision. And I I've been out of the steel industry for, it'll be, it'll be three years uh, coming up next month. And it was, I took a massive pay cut, but I didn't care at that point because it was where I was at in life at that very particular moment that made me realize it was the best decision I ever made. Um, yeah. So in preparing for this segment, uh, I was thinking about words and how words matter. And, um, I'm a huge house hunter nerd. And so I watch house hunter a lot. And what I'm getting to is, I was watching a lot the other night, like there's nothing going on. And I kept noticing they go into the primary bedroom and the primary bathroom. And I'm thinking, ah, they're not saying master bad bedroom and master bath for the connotation of master. And so I was like, so words matter. And so I'm thinking, and it's talking about career and walls and you're like, oh, you have two weeks vacation or three weeks vacation. Well, that's a connotation that you need to take vacation. You need to be doing something. No, mm-hmm. you need three weeks time off. Like, just like, don't feel pressured to go somewhere or spend money on your your time away from your work. Just hey, three weeks time off, four, whatever it is, time off. Don't call it vacation time because that means oh, if you're not va- taking vacation, I'm a failure. And it's just these these small little changes that can help boost morale. And so that's one thing I took away from it. And as far as my career, I get we all go through ebbs and flows. And um, as y'all know, uh, I'm a personal injury attorney, so I'm fighting insurance companies every day. They got endless money. And yeah, you just hit walls and you hit walls and you hit walls. And that's what I'm saying. Like, And I was saying to myself, yeah, don't take a vacation every time. I don't have to go to the beach. Like, just take a time off and just work on the house and just do things that, like I can cut my phone off at home. I don't have to go to Florida or North Carolina or somewhere to take my phone off. It's all about personal boundaries. I think it's how you should handle it. And like, because an email doesn't really matter a week from now as it does today. They can wait just like I'd wait for them if I sent them that email. And I think it's kind of just different point of views. Like if you send someone an email, they don't answer you for a week. I mean, Hey, I'm waiting on them to respond. They're doing the same thing on the other end. So just, you know, I think everyone take a step back, calm down. And we're not stop competing in work and just start mm-hmm. competing in life. Have a happier life. That's, and I uh, think, yeah, I think, I think that that's a great statement. And people, social media is good for this, even though we broadcast through social media, it's a great tool. I think it's also a uh, a diversion, so to speak. Uh, people see other people and what they have, and it, and it kind of brings them down, yeah. and they, they lose focus on really what matters and, yeah. and is self happiness. And then, uh, and then, and yeah, I'm going to so- quickly paraphrase, uh, which is not an original thought, but a movie I love, uh, Office Space, where Dan Jennifer Aniston says. You know, most people don't love their jobs, but they find a job that allows for them to like their life. 
and that's really what I've lived by and why I left law. Um, and um, I think that's paramount. And, and Tom can relate to that. There's no doubt. And many others can. But you have to be fortunate enough to be in a position to do so. For yeah, many, well, that's not the case. Well, Raj, we're in the same boat. How many times in your life have you got asked by somebody, should I go to law school? Not many. <laughs> To be, a, I'm really? Indian, right? So I, I was going to be a doctor. It was my intended profession, but no, yes. No, no. How do you about you about should they go to law school? Oh, oh God, yeah. And what do you always say? No. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. I, it, that, I mean, to me, that's a that's a catch-all, right? It's a settlement. You can do uh, any major and go to law school. You just take the LSAT, which is yeah. kind of a metaphor for life. But yeah, I say not if you value happiness because it's not worth your money. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You're right. Yeah, no, well done. Most people I know that practice law hate themselves and hate life. Um, so let's get to the other other main topic we want to touch on. Um, this is an all guys podcast. Um, and then there's you know, there is one of these things all guys, all, all guys on the panel. We'll we'll, we'll preface that, yeah, 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 not, yeah. Well, not well, only well, guys, you or well, so. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah, hope yeah. that there's women out there watching, we're not exclusive, but this is one of the things that, um, I don't care if you admit it or you don't admit it, it comes through your head. What if my significant other, the person in my house, makes more money than me? How does how does that make you feel? Um, I've been there before, um. I think I think everyone on here has been doing that before. Oh yeah. Um, and I'll, I, and uh, I'll start. Um, it, it it is both makes you feel happy, proud, and also a little insecure. Um, because yes, the money's great. I'm proud of her for making this much money. Um, but also, it's like, what am I doing? And uh, the question becomes, well, one, I guess, did y'all feel the same way or are my, my feelings unique? Well, I'll start. I'm living it right now. And it was the biggest thing that I had to, the biggest hill I had to get over was the fact that um, I'm leaving my job. I did not have a backup plan. I just quit. I didn't get another job for five months. Yeah. Um, but once I got over that, uh, that aura of, being uh, your wife is the breadwinner, I was okay with it because it, it told me that she had so much faith and trust in me as a human, as her husband, that she was willing to say, "Hey, I'm going to support this family. I don't you you have done your I'm not going to say duty. You have done it so far, so many years. Um, you need to focus and concentrate on your life, on on your your mental health." And by doing so, that means you're going to take a step back and I'm going to take a step forward. So I, I don't have a problem with it. We have kind of a joke we say between each other. Um, I provided the house. Now she pays for it. So it's just a joke. But um, uh, I, 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 I just think that means your relationship is special and you, you believe in each other. And, and, and I, I just I don't have a problem with it. Um, because I look at it as now this is a unit, we're a team, and this is the best situation that we're in to make this team successful. And and you you swallow your pride, like I said earlier. Yeah. Once once you do that, 
it, it's a breeze. Well, and, you know, I don't even know if it's swallow. Is it a double standard, though? Like, when you say swallow your pride, do women feel the same way, right? Like, why? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it, it if they're career orientated and they've gone to college for career and, and you know, my wife was in the mortgage business for, for quite some time. And she's got almost she's almost got a PhD. She's she's a brilliant. I, I don't know why she's with me, but that's a whole nother story. I don't but know why she's for, with me. <laughs> but yeah. for years and years and years, she ha- didn't have a position that that allowed her to use her her degree. She finally has that. So I could see where um, it would be difficult for for some people, some women um, who've gone down that road of, of college and uh, trying to get their career uh, off and running and, and it just doesn't happen. So, I mean, I'm fortunate. I, I, I I'm blessed. I, I'll say that. Yeah. I personally thought, I mean, I mean, that's a, you know, it's a decade long discussion, maternity, blah, 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 blah. I'm fucking, I was stoked when my wife was like, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. I met her in law school, you know, like I'm fucking stoked when, you know, she carried us for a while when I made the transition. And, um, you know, even though eventually in sales, you know, sales is uh, a job, not a career. You know, you could lose half your income tomorrow. And um, when she carried us, yeah, I mean, I I do make more now, but I, I was like fucking proudly a gold digger. Like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm a trophy husband, dude. Like, and I looked more like it when I was younger. I was stoked on it, dude. I, I think it was more like, hell yeah, dude, that, that speaks to my game. So mm-hmm. I guess it's all uh, like anything in life perspective. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm different than many others, but I, I, I know many that, that uh, <laughs> you could say that, <laughs> that uh, I mean, I don't want, I know people that were threatened by that, that prospect of yeah. their wife. And prospect being the key word, man, you you should not be threatened. I think it's fucking awesome. And and it goes to the whole point of the segment. Um, men have issues with speaking out yeah. and really uh, well, sorry. explaining, you know, their true feelings and saying this, seeing other men that have been down that road where they're not the breadwinner and it's okay. Life is good. I think that will help other people realize that well, maybe they're on to something here. And that's well, the whole premise of this segment. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, um, my wife and I are open about our salary, our income, um, you know, what we do with our expenses for the most part. Um, but we keep separate, separate bank accounts. We see key, our finances are completely separate. Are you all that way? Are you all different? We keep separate that we, we have a joint that we both contribute to uh, proportionately, but then we have a, 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 a account individually where we don't ask questions because that's the number one cause for divorce is, is money. Money. And uh, yeah, like even though the UPS guy shows up way too fucking much. Wait, um, you're not trying to get divorced? <laughs> well, not now that I make more money, but... Uh, <laughs> What about you guys, Tom? You don't have to talk to if you don't want to. We we have a joint account, and all our money is is shared. Um, one of the things that that did happen, unfortunately, when I did leave the steel industry is, yeah, uh, and when she was in the mortgage industry, it kind of crashed, and and such did uh, our income. So 
it set us back a little bit. So I think that's the goal to be able to have each other have like Raj, like an independent account to where, you know, no questions asked, you, you know, you have your fun money and whatnot, but and those are been done, dude. Those are those are conversations that you have to be real about. Like, listen, this is, you know, I'm, this is a concern, and and there's a good chance that this could happen. And and how are we going to manage if and when it does? And uh, if you can get through that, uh, that makes your relationship stronger. Two years of COVID, we both work from home. We are around each other twenty four seven. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Um, when we're not together, it, it doesn't feel right. And when I do have to go into the office, it sucks because it's just it throws off my my yeah. um, my routine. But um, that is the goal. Uh, currently, no, we 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 share um, a bank account and we're very transparent. Yeah. Even if it's five dollars, we do not do it unless we the other person knows. I uh, well, I'll tell you why. So we had a joint account. And we put money in there every month and uh, we were saving up to go to the Brazil World Cup in 2014. And I'll be damned if we didn't buy a house instead. And I said, that's the last time I'm letting you manage my money. I don't need a house. I need to go to the World Cup in Brazil. <laughs> she made the right choice. I had friends that went to that, but they weren't dumb enough to be married when they went. Yeah. Well, that was my first mistake, Mary. Well, I was married then too. So. Whoa, whoa! Uh, I think Allison will will have a, a conversation uh, she with you after listen. the show. She, she definitely doesn't listen to one twenty one mark. Yeah, um, she did try. She did like the show. So yeah. Um, all right, boys. Uh, good misunderstood segment. Now, if the people are still with us, we got to get them some money. It's time for. Bet your nuts. <laughs> All right. It is uh, time. I'll tell you what. Tom won. Was it last week you picked Ricky Fowler? Or was that two weeks ago? Oh, we were all. Uh, it, was, it was our last show. Two yep. Weeks, yep. Last show, Tom gave you guys Ricky Fowler. So hope you got it. He he and Brandon both got you double bet your nuts. Hope everyone bet it. Three months. Yeah, when was his last win before that? Like in that it was a while ago. Like four years ago or something. Uh, like, I think so. We apologize. Yeah. We were off last week for the holiday and the weird wow. schedule. Um well Tom, on a hot streak, you want to go first? Well, I, obviously there's not much going on in the world of sports. Uh, my NASCAR picks have kind of uh, plateaued or hit the wall, we'll say. Or in Chicagoland, uh, they hit a pile of tires and couldn't get out, like like uh, uh, Tyler, uh, whatever his name is. Reddick. Reddick, yep. So I'm going to go with a future bet. And, and Raj, I think you're going to like this one. I think you're going to like this one. I'm going USC plus 600 to go undefeated in the regular season this year. Wow. I'll be your bookie on that bet. I looked at that schedule and they go to Oregon 
and they go to USC, which, Raj, I hope you're going to be at that game. We need to figure that out. Um, they oh, play the, U- Utah at home. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be there. So I, Caleb Williams is going for back-to-back Heisman's. I just I think that's a that's a bet that uh, you could make some money on, and uh, I like it. Plus six hundred USC to go undefeated in the upcoming college football season. That's regular season. That doesn't include uh, the college football playoffs if they make. Understandable. The flip side is, you know, it, it, the conference is as tough as it's been in a long time, which is relative. Um, but yeah, he's right. They get Washington at home. UCLA at home, Utah at home, um, uh, up and coming Arizona at home, Stanford, their nemesis. You for your breakdown, Roz. What no, but about? what I'm saying is that's not a bad bet, but like I know SC and another draft class of Lincoln Riley, and and he's got a great track record. So the defense is, anyways. You got the best player in college football. Not a bad bet at plus nine hundred. You said that's a good Six. good call. Six hundred, yeah. Still a good, good call, dude. I'll, I'll lay it down. Right, you take the same bet? Yeah. Uh, no, because it's my team, and I don't believe in. <laughs> no joke, but uh, I'll be your bookie too, Raj. If you want me to. No, I don't. I'm a black widow, so uh, <laughs> no, I don't bet on any of my teams. Actually. My bet your nuts is against my team, which is a nice segue, which is uh, the Dodgers tomorrow night against Verlander in New York. The Mets are, are uh, doing well aside from the series at San Diego. Uh, Verlander's gone six and seven his last two times. The Dodgers with Urias are uh, minus 125 um, in baseball, um, basically uh, a, a push them, even though they're the road team. Uh, I'll take the Mets after the break at home. I just, I can't trust the Dodgers. They're still injury, uh, affected. And, uh, yeah, I think the bet is Verlander and the Mets only because Verlander is going to go at least seven or eight because he's had the break. All right. I want to (laughs) apologize to our, our audience for the last few weeks of my bets. Not been off to a good start. Um, Kyle Larson. <laughs> this, few weeks, few this, years. This was an extra topic that we couldn't get in tonight. NASCAR's been a disaster these last two weeks with a just a shortened race in Chicago because Chicago, there were no lights. Like, come on. <laughs> just as, and then last week, I had Blaney at 10 to 1. He had the best car. And then they called it because of rain. Someone just outpitted the maneuver, uh, firing one. So two shortened races the last two weeks have cost us from winning money. I've got you now, guys, though. <laughs> this will be a 10% payback guarantee. If you bet because of this show and I don't win you money, send me your ticket and I'll pay you that 10% back. Oh, you Ooh. heard it here, folks. Yeah. So you heard it here. I'm going in New Hampshire. It's a 300 mile track. Kevin Harvick at 10 to one. He has won 
three of the last six years, starting from 14, 14, and 19. He's good anywhere you get him in the track. He's it's his last year race, and this is the track he's gonna he's gonna win. He's going out on this one. So don't again with your 10% guarantee, get cash back. Double your bet, <laughs> get rich. You have Kevin Harvick taking the checkered flag in New Hampshire. Mm. Man, I might have to take that 10% uh, oh, well, no, guarantee. I said to our listeners, not our podcasters. Well, I'm listening, and yeah. I, I'll listen to it on the on the, the platforms. Um, <laughs> all right. So you have to give me your picture. You have to send it to um, at Reckless Speculation 1 on Twitter. Is that right? At Reckless Specule. All right. One of these. You have to send it on one of these podcasts on the show, but I'll read them if you're listening to it. Reckless Speculation Podcast on Facebook at Reckless Speculation Pod One on TikTok at Reckless Speculu. So, Specule. Specule. Stop if you're listening to it, crap, dude. I know at least a thousand people. Based on the numbers that are listening. And then at Reckless Speculation on YouTube. And so any of those you send your bet in, you will qualify. Well, I know uh, Tim's going to do that for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that being said, let's go to our final thoughts. Oh, why was chains based there? Um, all right, boys, it's the middle of summer. And I'll tell you what, I was expecting a quick show tonight. We were at an hour and a half. It's amazing how much we can talk about uh, things in the, in the middle of, of nothing going on. Raj, what are your final thoughts? For once, I'll be quick. Great whites are highly prevalent in Southern California and other parts of the world. It's solely due to climate change and food sources moving to basically they're, they're getting closer and closer to shore. Um, sharks think that we taste like shit, that we're bony and there's no flesh, so don't worry about it. But if you want proof of like shit changing in the world and like the environment and the ecosystem, then just look at that, dude. It's it's a it's a trip. I'm not scared as someone who grew up on the beaches there and, and used to surf a lot when I lived there. It's kind of hard now, but um. Yeah, I mean, what what further proof do you need? Yeah, it it it, it, it is it's real and it's coming. Uh, I saw an article where how long can people live in the uh, Southwest? Um, Tom, what are your final words? Kind of to feed off what Raj is saying. Uh, side note: uh, water temperatures in Key West, Florida, ninety eight degrees. The coral coral reef is going to start basically melting. Uh, uh, so that's a huge issue. I, we're talking about aquatics, but, uh, um, I know this isn't a political, this isn't a political show and we never are going to go down that road, but there was a decision that was made in the Supreme court last week that basically said that you could go ahead and discriminate in so many words, just to paraphrase. We had a situation the other day here in Traverse city, which is right there. Uh, very, very nice community. Well, this woman took it upon herself to say she will no longer support uh, LGBTQ uh, communities 
uh, if you don't uh, see yourself as man or woman, you go to a pet groomer. And it created an absolute hailstorm wow. of controversy. Um, she has lost uh, oh. her supplier. Uh, her business is closed temporarily, which will probably end up being closed permanently. Is she her name is Marjorie? Now, her name is Christine Geiger, wow. uh, Studio 8 la- uh, Hair Lab in Traverse City. Um, and even though the Supreme Court made their rulings, there's a state law in the state of Michigan that says it is against the law to discriminate based upon someone's sexual orientation. So she's in the find out phase of her fucking uh, fi- uh, fuck around finding out. Um, it's, it's, it's just a byproduct of bad legislation, bad rules that are opening the door to a lot of things that uh, people are going to uh, be going through a lot of things. And, and I'm an ally. Uh, some of my best friends are in the LGBTQ community, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I just think it's disgusting that people uh, say the things they do about them. They're the most harmless people that I've ever met. Met and and I'm just glad to see the outpouring that has happened around this country. It it, it went viral quick, um, and like I said, she's finding out the ramifications that that words matter. And I just think I hope one day we get to a place where we can all just unite and we can all uh, see people for who they are, human beings. I don't care what color you are. I don't care who you love. That's your choice as an American. As, as the freedom of, of, of the ability to do whatever we want per the Constitution, let them be who they are. Leave them alone. And I'm just glad that, that people care enough to, to do what they're doing. And they protested hard up there. The city of Traverse City mayor said we're not going to stand for it. The, uh, the state of Michigan is investigating. So she's going to get her day. She's finding out right now. So. Life is short, man. Why do people bother to spend their time hating? I have no fucking idea. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead. Um, well, those were two hard things to follow. Um, you never want to follow Tom, dude. I'll just keep it at this and I'll kind of um, elaborate on what Tom said. Um, it's apparent that it's a Supreme Court is going to legislate from the bench. And so there's no check for that. What does that mean? Tell the people. Yeah, so essentially what that means is I don't want to get I'll try to be as brief as possible. Congress makes laws. The Supreme Court interprets the laws. An executive branch enforces the laws to the Justice Department. Well, what's happened is Congress makes laws now. They've made laws in the past. Now you can cherry pick your federal judge so you can file. If you if you want to be liberal, you can file in, say, uh, L.A. County and file and get a federal judge, and then it goes up to that thing. Or if you want to be conservative, you can file in Texas and go up through that bracket. But eventually, the Supreme Court is going to say, this is our ruling and boom, thus, and Congress being gridlocked, can't pass anything to supersede them. So now the, the judicial branch is the legislative branch now. So they have legislated abortion. They have legislated affirmative action. 
they've legislated. Why presidents matter and when judges die matters. Yes, hundred uh, percent. And so, what what, what the problem? Is, so now, this is what this was important about what Tom said: local governments and local people. You can say it's legal for me to do that, and that's fine. But you don't have to support those people. You can turn your back and spend your dollars mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yep. Um, and then we can do a whole other topic on that. But yeah, final thoughts are: look, guys, uh, on the political nature, we're all more civil than we are different. Um, I've said it over and over and over again. We're here to do a sports show. But we're also here to talk about life and politics. And if you guys ever have a legal question or a any kind of question y'all want us to talk about, please, again, the same, send us messages. We're open for ideas. If you want us to talk about anything, we're happy to add it to the show. We're just, you know, we do this for fun. We do this for entertainment. But also, if we can help one person, yep. that's all we want. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, so thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, like, subscribe. We'll be back uh, next week. Probably about the same. Probably the, this is so the 20th next week. Uh, if our schedules work out, Brandon may be back if he's done with his golf trip. Who knows? <laughs> um, but thank you guys. Thanks for watching. Tom, Raj, thank you for being here. Reckless Speculation signing off. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers. Cheers.